When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Vikings event line. Vikings event line draft thoughts, that is, right here on Purple Daily. What's going on, everyone? Declan Goff here to take you through an edition of Vikings Event Line. I'm going to have my guy Dave and Ben uh, join us here in just a little bit. We're going to break down the draft. I'm going to hear uh, some perspective from Vikings fans now that the draft has came and went. Uh, really excited to talk to Dave and Ben just about what Quasi and what the Vikings were able to do over the last weekend here. Uh, draft some new players. Jordan Addison in the first round. They obviously took a quarterback, too, so... Plenty of draft thoughts to get to. Purple Daily and Bentline specifically is powered by our friends at Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Parts Accessories. Go check out DennisKirk.com. Get all your needs for riding season, which is finally here in the Twin Cities or wherever you might be. Whether you're riding a Harley in uh, California or Minnesota, go to DennisKirk.com. And of course, our friends TCL. Uh, Vikings Bentline is a Vikings fans show. So if you want to join a future episode, it's VikingsVentline at gmail.com. Send me an email. Love to put you in queue. Uh, we're going to do this every Sunday right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. So if this is a show you'd like to be on, shoot me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. Now that we're entering the real heart of the offseason, now that it's post-draft, I want to talk to as many Vikings fans as possible. So excited to talk to them. Uh, hit me up, vikingsventline at gmail.com. All right, let's fire this up here. Let's get our guys in. We're going to get Dave in. We're going to get my guy Ben in Florida in here. Uh, Dave, you're up near the Iron Range in Minnesota. Uh, ben, you're down in Florida, correct? Yeah. Okay. Might have a little bit of connection issue there with Ben. I'm going to put him in timeout just for a second as he figures that out. Uh, but Dave, you're up, you're near the iron range, right? Yep. Way up North. So. All right. When was the uh, first time the Vikings broke your heart? <laughs> uh, 98 for sure. Um, remember that one? Well, Oh nine. I was on my knees crying pretty much. <laughs> that was terrible. And uh, I was actually at the Blair Walsh where I left. Oof. And I was also at, minute uh the miracle so wow okay kind of uh vast uh array of heartbreaks and absolutely dude successes. yeah they always find a way to uh break your heart 2000 was the first time that obviously uh i remember as a conscious vikings fan getting blown out 41 donut um and yeah oh nine oh nine i wasn't necessarily that stunk, but I was just so up. I was so like remotely quiet, if that makes sense. Like I was just watching that unfold. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't throwing anything against the TV necessarily. Um, it was just frustrating to watch that one happen. Very. All right, let's uh, let's try one more time here, Ben. You right. okay now? Yes. Yes. Is that much better? Much better, sir. Thank okay. you. Yeah, I'm not sure what was going on. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, ben, you're down in Florida. You've been a frequent guest on Vikings Ventline, so happy to have you have you back on, my man. 
Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. All right, boys, let's get into it. Um, the Vikings obviously made their draft picks over the la- over the weekend. Uh, I just I just want to have a broad conversation of of what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, obviously, Jordan Addison going to the Vikings at pick twenty three. So let's just start there. Uh, pick twenty three for the Vikings. It's Jordan Addison. They don't trade back. Dave, were you a fan of the pick? How were, how did you kind of sway when they made the call on Jordan Addison? Um, I was I was a fan. He he definitely. If you watch tape, he's smooth. He's a route runner, not a burner. So I know a lot of talk prior was burner, burner, burner. Take the top off. Um, but I I, I got to say, like the more tape I watch, the more impressed I am. So mm-hmm. I I give it a solid B plus. You know, in time time to tell. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with him. I think he was definitely a good selection. I, I was a little surprised not that it wasn't Will Levis. I think we all were, but um, but I'm I'm pretty pumped, especially nice. JJ. Very nice, uh, Ben. How about you, man? What did you think of the pick of Jordan Addison at 23? Oh, I got to give it an A. Like, there's no, I don't think there's any way around it. Like, the the good thing about where the Vikings are right now is that they don't need a bona fide number one receiver. Justin Jefferson fills that role. They need a two guy who can get open versus the team's probably second or third best corner. Uh, I think Jordan Aston can come in right away and have an impact. Um, he's really good at the things that you want a receiver to be good at. Route running, hands, um, ball tracking, all of that stuff. So I, I really like the pick. I thought they were going to take Will Levis at 23, but – the fact that he fell to the second round kind of tells me that, you know, maybe he's not as good as everyone thinks he is, you know, because Quasey coveted Anthony Richardson and he went four. Mm-hmm. So either, you know, he either Quasey saw, saw something during the interview process and said, nah, we'll, we'll pass, or, you know, maybe it was something else. But really, overall, a solid, a solid A for me. Nice. Uh, obviously, I think they were fielding calls, too, because that pick went right down the wire almost. I know our guy Doogie reported the Saints and Chiefs had some interest in trading up. Um, and obviously, the Vikings did do some trading back on days two and three of the draft a little bit here. Uh, but should the Vikings have traded traded back? Did, did you kind of like they actually stayed put at 23? Dave, what did you think? Um, I, I do think if they would have traded back, they would have missed out on Addison. Um, that's all the scheme I was hearing. Um, I, I do think that he he's the right selection. I, I I have a hard time giving it an A off the bat, but I I agree. I think that uh, Ben's got it spot on, and uh, so while it's nice to trade back and gain those assets, it yeah I I think the pick was the right one. Nice, uh, Ben. Did you kind of want them to trade back, or you're, you're glad they actually just made the selection at twenty three for Addison? Trading trading back at twenty three, considering that they could. I think the Giants were right behind them, mm-hmm. and they definitely would have taken a receiver. Um, I think it was the right move to just stay where you are and and make the pick. Because wide receiver number two was a huge need for this team last year, so and they really need to address it. So I appreciate them getting, getting on top of that and addressing the wide receiver two because that was one of their worst positions on the field last year. Mm-hmm. So they also made some picks on days two and three of the draft. They had no second round pick because uh, of the TJ Hawkinson trade, but they obviously drafted a cornerback. They drafted a safety. They took a, they took a QB as well. Jaron Hall out of BYU. Is there anyone that stood out to you that they're kind of glad they grabbed or maybe a position that they were able to get? Uh, Dave, did you like what they were able to do also on days two and three of the draft? Yeah, I did. 
Uh, I think that that Jaron Hall pick is going to be sneaky good. I also think low-hanging fruit here, but McBride is going to be uh, one of the you know three-headed beast in a sense. Um, I don't see Cook staying around because of that pick. Um, I think post-June first cut or trade is probably our best scenario. Um, the Jay Ward one was a little surprising, but I like his versatility. Uh, the fact that he's plays three different positions or has. Uh, I know he has a little razz, but uh, you know what? Not everybody has to be a crazy athlete just to be a good football player. I mean, obviously it helps, but you got to have what's between your shoulders too to to be a good player. Absolutely. Hey, Ben, what do you think on uh, the picks that they made on days two and three of the draft? I I like them. I like I like how Quasey is um, – I like how he's throwing a lot of throwing things against the wall, seeing if it will stick. A lot of defensive backs, a defensive tackle. Um, I like the idea of putting numbers at things because, you know, maybe one, maybe one of them or two of them, because you need two out of three to actually work, you know, and they still have their classroom last year that didn't contribute much. And also this is a Brian. I think Brian Flores had his hands all over some of these picks because I think you pick an offensive guy, the first pick, and they don't pick another offensive guy. Until their seventh, till the till the running back in the seventh round. So clearly, they see a lot of these guys um, as people who can contribute to the defense early on in their uh, career. So overall, I, I like the idea. Um, I don't know about the running back. I think Ma- Madison, Wong Wu, and Ty Chandler can definitely carry the load. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a I'm not that much of a fan of running back of the running back pick. But you know. With Dalvin Cook gone, maybe you do need an extra body in there. So to give it four, because, you know, guys get hurt. Absolutely. Hey, so Brian Flores obviously uh, gets hired here to be the defensive coordinator. Ben, you kind of alluded to the fact he probably had his fingerprints, if you will, on some of these draft picks, especially the run they had of three consecutive players drafted on the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, respectively. Um, Dave, do you do you like what Brian Flores is now here at the defensive coordinator? Do you feel that this defense is finally trending probably in the right direction for the first time in a while? I think that'll remain to be seen, but at the same time, I'm so much more excited to see something than the Donna shell. I, I, the sit back methodology was just too much for me to watch. I mean, I, yeah. So I think honestly, like you guys have, you know, hit on many times, if we can go from 31st or 32nd to 18th, 15th in that range it'll be a you know a vast improvement and and aggressiveness too is needed i I think that it kind of goes with the minnesota nice thing sometimes we are too nice sometimes punching somebody back in the mouth um so i i i am looking forward to the aggressiveness even if it burns us Nice. Yeah, we are too sometimes. We are too nice sometimes here in Minnesota. I know Ben's down in Florida, uh, but the Minnesota passive-aggressive kind of nice thing is always a little awkward. Uh, ben, did you like the Brian Flores hire? I don't think we've gotten your thoughts on that. I know you come on the line a lot, but what do you think of it? I like the, I like the hire. I, I will say, though, and I'm just going to forewarn everybody about this, they are going to surrender some big plays on defense. They're going to get burned for 60-yarders, 50-yard plays, and I'm cool with that if they're doing six, seven man blitzes. I'm I'm honestly cool with that. It's a learning curve with the defense, and like they're not they're probably still not going to be very good next year. They might trade to Deal Hunter, although that's becoming less less likely at this point. 
Um, I do think they'll work something out, but be ready to give, be ready for a team, <clears throat> a team that's going to surrender a lot of big plays. And I'm, and I'm fine with that if they're being aggressive in those plays because Donatel, he surrendered big plays and his defense was designed to not surrender big plays. <laughs> so if you don't mind, I'm going to piggyback yeah. quick too. Um, I think Ben's point is well taken because the more, even, even if you give up that big play, you give this offense back the ball. Now, obviously you don't want to play catch up, but if you can play from ahead or even shot for shot, this offense is tricked up. So I think, and again, don't want to see any big plays, but if, if they have to happen, they have to happen. I'd rather go down swinging. Absolutely. Uh, boys, let's let's talk a little about this Jalen Hall pick that they made, or Jaron Hall, excuse me, that they made from BYU. So a fifth-round flyer and a quarterback. Um, I know quarterbacks drafted on day three certainly don't have a big percentage of, of turning into franchise stars. It doesn't mean that it's impossible, but it certainly is lower than normal. Um, what did you guys think of that pick? Do you think he has a legit chance to maybe succeed Kirk Cousins after this year? He's not obviously going to threaten his job by any means this training camp. Um, but Dave, you said you really liked the pick, right? Yeah, I do. Um, I won't, you know, say I'm Thor here and know anything, <laughs> anything about anything. I'm a guy who has to go to a different job every day. And uh, But at the same time, I think if you watch any kind of tape on him, he makes the throws he needs to. He's kind of dual threat. Uh, the one big thing that scared me about Hooker is Bill had brought up, he made seven out of, I don't know how many passes outside of the pocket. That was a scary concern. I don't know that Mr. Hall's uh, percentages are any better outside of the pocket, but at the same time, he's a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. He's not picked in the second round in the first round, like they talked about with uh, uh, Hendon. So uh, it wasn't. I, I I agree with you, Dax. I don't know that it's going to necessarily, you know, force Cousins out the door. Um, I had been kind of on board for trading for Trey Lance, but this guy seems to do a lot of the same stuff. Plus, he's actually older. I believe than Mr. Lance. So, yeah. um, you know, sometimes some maturity and, and comes with, with that. So yeah, 25 years old, um, Hall is already. So he just turned 25 last month. So he is in that age group, just like Hennon Hooker, who's a little older, um, has a little bit of time to mature as a little bit. Ben, did you like the Jaron Hall pick? Um, if he, uh, I will say this and I tweeted this out. If he beats out Nick Mullins for the backup job, there's there's something there. Mm-hmm. There really is something there. Um, I mean, I like it. I mean, you take a shot on a guy, see what you get. You know, it's he's not a first round pick, so if he doesn't work, you're not you're not going to get flailed for it. So take a shot on a guy. He's got some tools. He's got some uh, abilities. He the injuries also. I heard it was a concern with him. That's not good. You need your quarterback available for 17 games out of the season plus playoffs. So that needs to be taken into consideration. But if I'm going to be looking at that in training camp, and if he beats out Nick Mullins for a backup job as a rookie, I would say, yeah, there could be something there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, also, I'm, I'm curious. And also, like, with, and also, if he's another quarterback from BYU, the last BYU quarterback didn't quite work out that well. <laughs> And I'm not going to feel that bad if he doesn't because he was a fifth-round pick. Yeah. And also, you know who else was picked in the fifth round for Minnesota, I believe? Rand Tarkenton. So, maybe. 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 
I, I think that's kind of the the view I have. And I know Mackie and Judd talked about it yesterday too. And we're probably going to talk about it on full strength on, on Monday's show too. Um, stick a chance on him. He was the 12th quarterback drafted. Uh, you know, Nick Mullins is, is certainly a capable backup, but I mean, he's, he's a backup. That's what he is. He can make a nice little career being that guy. You could have something there in Jaron Hall and we'll probably figure out in mini camps and OTAs training camp, how he obviously uh, reacts to maybe succeeding. Uh, maybe Nick Mullins, and then obviously Kirk Cousins next season. Fellas, was there any player that you wanted to see the Vikings draft? So someone that maybe they missed out on. Dave, did, did you, was there anyone that you were hoping that the Vikings would be able to snag, whether it was in the first round or day two or three of the draft? Um, I believe it was Trent Simpson went like one or two picks before us. He's a linebacker. Um, but with such limited capital, I understand why they didn't or why they didn't try to leapfrog. I think Baltimore got him. That being said, though, they picked up uh, Ivan Pace Jr. in as a UDFA, and sounds like a lot of the measurables are similar to uh, Simpson. So I'm pretty jacked up about them getting Pace. It looked like he was a third, fourth rounder with a lot of projections. So I'm, uh, yeah, that'd be about the only one. I was thinking Simpson, they might want to pull the trigger on, but obviously went a uh, pick or two ahead, I believe. So. Ben, how about you? Was there any player that you wanted to see the Vikings really grab during the draft um, this year that they didn't get? Um, I think not having the second round pick kind of hurts, but you know, when you, when you trade it for TJ Hawkinson, it makes it worth. I wanted to see them draft Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think he's got lockdown potential just written all over him, and in Brian Flores' system, a lockdown corner really makes it work a lot. So Joey Porter Joey Porter Jr. Uh, was my guy. He's got the length. He's got the man coverage, you know, statistics to back it up. So, but again, I I totally trading for TJ Hawkinson was an A plus move for Quasi. Mm-hmm. So I totally get not having that second round pick. But they had that second round pick. Joey Porter Jr. was my guy. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think most fans would do that trade again. The the trade for TJ Hawkinson. He's he's on the upper echelon of tight ends, and I still don't know if he's cracked his true ceiling and he's a proven commodity you know second round picks or second round picks they're flyers right like it could just be an absolute bust so if, if you can trade one of those for a pretty established really good core piece of your offense and tj um i love that thought too hey last thing on jordan addison too and i, I believe both you guys made this point you know a lot of times when you're drafting the first round for a wide receiver right you're asking that guy to be the number one dude and there's probably a case to be made that Addison might be the third option in this offense, right? Like behind Jefferson, behind Hawkinson. I know KJ Osborne's a solid number three receiver too, but there's a, there's a legit case that your first round pick isn't going to have to be Superman, right? He just has to be a nice little piece of this offense. And I, I personally feel like Addison is in like the perfect situation here because he's not going to be asked to do out of his skis. I don't know what you guys think about that, but that that's kind of how I look at the pick with Addison. I'd add to that, Dex. Um, I think that, too, in in O'Connell's offense, you look at, like, chess pieces, and he's played slot. He's played outside, as far as I understand. Um, Now you motion him to the other side. You get, obviously, JJ's number one, like you mentioned, but I I agree with that 100%. And then you could split out TJ. It's going to put a lot of pressure on any defense. Absolutely. Ben, how about you, man? Did, Did you really like the pick, too? I really did. I I think an underrated part that he can be used in is that he's got a lot of twitchiness. You could give it to him on an end around. You could give it to him out of the backfield. 
like there's so many things you can line you can line them up all over the formations in the offense and with his route running there's even you can even motion him out of the backfield there's even so much more that you can do with a guy like that because yes Jefferson's going to draw the attention so why not put more pressure on the defense by telling them hey we have a guy we can throw it to him we can hand it to him we got another guy that can do a whole lot uh, for our offense, you know, so I, that's one of the reasons I really like it. I think he's got a lot of twitchiness to him, even though he's quarters rascal. It's not really the greatest of athletes. Absolutely, uh, fellas. Last thoughts here um, on the Vikings draft class, or maybe even you know now that we're the draft is over and we're kind of looking ahead, waiting for uh, the season to start. I know the schedule's coming out here in just a couple of weeks too, so we'll actually we'll know the uh, dates of, of the opponents that the Vikings will be facing too. Uh, last thoughts before we wrap up here on Vikings event line. So, um, last thoughts, I, I think another another thing that most fans probably don't look into, but the UDFAs that they signed, I think they got some good ones. I know they're all flyers, um, but Quasey, I, I saw the sign during the draft, let Quasey cook. He was cooking with the UDFAs, so, and, and the draft too. I mean, my opinion, the draft is a BB plus in that range um, with the limited amount of picks that we had, so. Those are kind of my final thoughts. I, I think that uh, I'm looking forward to this next season and looking forward to O'Connell second year in this offense and, uh, you know, running the offense in the team. So, Absolutely. Ben, how about you? Last thoughts, man? I really appreciate him not trading with division rivals. The, 40, the 49ers trade got it, kind of got everybody's eyes open, like, oh, is he doing it? No, he's just trading a draft pick. Um, but I really appreciate not the trading division rivals. Way better, way better maneuvering of the draft this year than he did last year. Um, so, again, I, I really like I like all the picks. I don't have an issue with them, all of them. And um, I think as far as this year, I know they have a much tougher schedule, but this is going to be a transition year. Personally, they may they may win nine, ten games, and you know, see what happens. Absolutely, uh, Dave, Ben. Thank you so much for coming on Vikings Ventline, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to get you on again, of course. So appreciate you two dudes coming on Vikings Ventline. And if anyone wants to come on this show on future episodes, hit me up. It's uh, vikingsventline at gmail.com if you want to join the show. Mackie, Judd, and myself uh, back at full strength on Monday to also break down this draft class in, de- uh, in depthly. And, of course, Purple Daily on draft with Thor Nystrom, Tyler Fornis, and, and yours truly. We'll have that out for you. So plenty of more draft coverage coming at you. Uh, right here on Purple Daily. So hit that subscribe button. We just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die.